Today we continue with part two of the message, Unsettled. And at the end of the service, we're going to share communion together. So please get your bread and your juice ready. As Dio said in the beginning, some of our friends, some of you watching today, have lost loved ones. May the Lord bring you peace and comfort like only He can, and sustain you and give you strength at this time. This season that you are going through is truly unsettling. It is bad enough to have to endure difficult seasons and times in our lives. But when it happens during a global pandemic where you are not free to express yourself or to give and receive love from the people around you, the challenge seems even greater. As I said in part one of this message, if I was to choose one word to describe how people are feeling right now, that one word would be unsettled. Let's quickly recap some points of last week. The dictionary defines unsettled as lacking order or stability, liable to change, unpredictable, not yet resolved. That is a good definition to where we find ourselves at the moment. Lacking stability and unpredictable are global conditions, not just local. Probably like never before, every family in the world is feeling this way to a greater or lesser degree. No one knows for sure what the future holds. Every sphere of society has been shaken. We are all moving towards some form of normalization, but no one is certain of the future. No one can say for certain right now what the new normal will be like. So, here we are as believers. How are we supposed to live in times like this? How are we supposed to act? What are we supposed to do? And so in this message, I refer to three events in the Bible and extract some principles that could guide us through this time. Of course, as I said, there are more than three events in the Bible we could draw from. But for the purpose of this message, I'm only using these three. They are the crossing of the desert by the people of Israel, David returning home to Ziglag and finding his village destroyed, and Jesus sleeping on the boat during a storm. In each of these events, there was an unsettling situation. The people involved felt unsettled, insecure, unstable. From each of these events, we can take principles that we can apply today, now, to our present situation. Last week, we looked at the first two of these events, the crossing of the desert and David at Ziglag. Many of us may feel like this is a desert experience for us. We are not where we used to be. We are not where we are going to and we don't like where we are now. It's a desert experience. You can get frustrated, upset, depressed, angry. You can moan and you can complain. But it doesn't change the situation. We learned last week that in the desert, we need to hold on to our faith. 
We cannot allow unbelief to grip our hearts during desert experiences. This is what happened to many of them as they crossed the desert. And because of their hardening of heart, they could not enter the promised land. We will lose out in the short and the long term if we harden our hearts towards God in times like these, in desert times. But if we stay close to God, we will see wonders in the desert. Just like God did miracles back then in the desert, we will see miracles in our lives, in our desert experience. In fact, God is doing it already. You just need to be aware and you will become aware and see that God is doing things in your life. God's protection, God's provision, God's intervention. You may face tough times, difficult circumstances, financial difficulties, physical discomfort, but the Lord is with you and he will take you through this desert. We need to have faith. And then we learned from David. They came from battle to their hometown of Ziklag and they found a town destroyed, burned down. Their wives and children had been taken captive. Their world was shaken. You cannot get more unsettled than that. Not only are your possessions gone, but your family is captive. To top it all, the men turned against David and wanted to kill him. From this event, we learned that there are times where we need to encourage ourselves. There is no one to turn to but God. And David had to do that. He couldn't turn to anyone else. So the Bible says in 1 Samuel 36 that David encouraged himself in the Lord. As he did so, God gave him strength and direction. And he led his men to chase the Amalekites and take back all that belonged to them. Listen, we all love and need encouragement from one another. But there are times when we need to encourage ourselves in our God. We need to have a personal relationship with God. We need to have that place in our hearts and in our lives where we can go to when we cannot go anywhere else. We need the fellowship of believers. We need times like this when we hear the word of God and we are encouraged by it. But we also need to be able to have that place where God can speak directly to our hearts and to our situations, where we can hear from Him and be encouraged by Him alone. Do you have that place? Are you spending time there with God? Listen, if you missed last week's service, please go back and listen or watch it. It will bless and encourage you. Today we look at that third event, Jesus sleeping on the boat. Well, let's go to Mark chapter 4 and I'm reading from verse 35 to verse 41. On the same day, when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great storm, a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. 
but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that you are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. But Jesus said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? (laughs) In this well-known story, Jesus tells the disciples to cross over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. It had been a long day of ministry. Jesus had been teaching and ministering to people. It's the end of the day. He is tired. And so he asked them to take him over to the other side. The disciples take him in a boat. And Jesus goes to the back of the boat and he falls asleep over there. Then it says that a great windstorm arose. The the same account in Matthew says that suddenly a great tempest arose. The Sea of Galilee, till today, is prone to sudden violent storms. The waves beat the boat. Water was coming into the boat. And you know, when you're on the sea, you want the water outside the boat, not in the boat. And the disciples began to fear for their lives. There is no doubt that we are going through a storm at this time. It rose suddenly, no warning. Many fear for their lives. There is no stability. What do you do when you are in a storm and you have no way out? What do you do? (laughs) You pray. You cry out to God. And that is what the disciples did. They called Jesus. And Jesus answered their prayer. He got up. He spoke to the storm and calmness was restored. The disciples were amazed that the wind and the sea listened to him. What happened? How could Jesus sleep during a storm? How did he bring calm to a storm? Jesus simply released peace. You see, he is the Prince of Peace, right? The peace that was in him was greater than the storm that was outside of him. That is number one, why he could sleep during a storm. And that is number two, why he could bring peace around him to bear upon that storm and upon that sea. When Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea, he released what was inside of him. And what was inside of him then redefined what was outside of him. Hmm? Now, note that after he calmed the storm, he answered the prayer of the disciples. Okay, He calmed the storm, but then he turns to the disciples and he rebuked them for having no faith. Isn't that strange? Listen, the disciples were in danger. They spoke to Jesus. When you, when you speak to God, we call it what? Prayer, okay? So they spoke to Jesus. They prayed, all right? And you're supposed to call on God when you are in danger. 
when you need help. Jesus responded to their prayer and he calmed the storm. And then he reprimands them for having no faith. How's that? Why? (laughs) Here it is, guys. And we need to understand this. Sometimes God does things for you. But sometimes God wants you to do things in his name. Did you catch that? Listen again. Sometimes God does things for you. Other times, God wants you to do things in his name. In this instance, it seems that Jesus expected him to speak to the wind and the sea and calm the storm. He told him what to do. Go across the lake. And he expected them to do that based on his word. The will of Jesus, the will of God was to cross the lake. That storm was an obstacle to the will of God. Hmm? That obstacle needed to be reprimanded by faith. How do you know? When you must ask God to do something or when you must do something, well, listen, it's relational. It comes from your relationship with God, from our relationship with Him. We need to discern. We need to hear. And this happens in that place we spoke about earlier, that place where you encourage yourself with God, in your God. Will you hear him speaking to you, encouraging you, and directing you? That is where you hear. And in that place with God, sometimes God God will say, My son, just sit. My daughter, just stand back and watch. I'm going to do this. Other times, he'll give you instructions as what to do. And then you go out and you do it in Jesus' name. You speak it in Jesus' name. You act in Jesus' name. But it comes, listen, comes from a place of peace. Because when you spend that time with God, with the Lord, He is the Prince of Peace. The very first thing He'll do is give you peace. And then from that heart filled with peace, you act and you do what He wants you to do. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. We need, listen, we need to have the peace of Jesus In the middle of the storm. In the storm we're going through right now. This global storm. We need the peace of Jesus. It's one thing to have peace with God. It's another thing to have the peace of God. It is possible to have peace with God. But not the peace of God in our lives. And that is why as Christians... We talk about peace so much. Just about every week, we mention something about peace. As humans, it is so easy for us to slip into fear and into despair. It happened to those disciples. Listen, they they had a wonderful time of ministry. They were listening to Jesus' teaching. They saw some signs and wonders, amazing things. And yet... When they encounter the storm, what is their reaction? Fear. Isn't that our reaction so often too? Isn't our first reaction? My God, help me. And we need to learn and, and, and discipline ourselves and learn to run to that place in God 
when storms come. And so we need to learn to have calm, peace in the storm. We need to be reminded regularly of the peace available in Christ. We need to be saved regularly from the unsettledness that we can have in our hearts. The world stirs us and we need to run to the Lord, be saved from that lack of peace, from that fear, from whatever it is that is clouding our thinking. And that is why we talk about peace so much in our gatherings, in our meetings, in our conversations. In fact, Scripture is filled with references to peace. The gospel of Jesus is called what? The gospel of peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God is called the God of peace. (laughs) Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. Peace is part of greetings and benedictions in Scripture. We are told to pursue peace. Peace is the result of prayers and supplications. We are instructed to let peace, the peace of God, rule our hearts. Listen, peace does not mean absence of conflict, but It is referring to the reality of inner peace and inner well-being in the midst of adversity and conflict. That is the shalom peace of Christ, peace of God. The importance of having the peace of God is that whatever is inside you will manifest outside of you. Jesus had inner peace. And so he could manifest peace outside of himself. Your inner reality will become your external reality. Fear, bitterness, anger, hate, frustration, worry. If it is not dealt with, you will recreate it outside of you. And it becomes contagious. You will incite that emotion in other people. We've seen this and we are still seeing this during this pandemic. Fear generates fear. Anger generates anger. Someone starts a rumor and suddenly it spreads as if it is the truth. Because people have no peace. But the opposite is also true. If you carry the peace, the shalom of Jesus, the peace of heaven... You become contagious and you inspire hope in others. We have seen some of those stories too and you need more of those stories. We need the peace of the Lord in our lives. We need to make decisions out of peace in our hearts. Not fear, not pressure. Be aware of that, please. We need to hear and discern when to do something And when to refrain from doing something, we need to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to have that close relationship with the Lord, which allows His peace to flood our souls. At this time, our victory begins when we stop being pressed by what is going on in the world, by the size of the problem, And we start being impressed by the greatness of our God, by the greatness 
of His love and of His mercy. So in closing, we need to have faith. We need to encourage ourselves. And we need the peace of the Lord. We need to prophetically understand the times we are living in. It is time for the church, time for you and I to hear and to speak, to hear and to act. We celebrated Pentecost recently. Pentecost enabled the church to speak boldly of the things of God and of the kingdom of God. It enabled them to boldly influence the society around them. The church today needs to embrace that authority that it has and speak boldly of the kingdom of God. The storm going on in the world is opposing the will of God. What is the will of God? It is the mission of Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The mission has not changed. Yet the world is spinning further and further from the will of God. We need believers to hear and to speak. Wherever you are, whatever you do, be an influence for the kingdom. Those of you with perhaps greater influence and authority in community matters, in business, in politics, education, law, human resources, and so on, use your influence for the kingdom of God. The voice of the church needs to be heard, not just preaching the gospel, preaching salvation, but also bringing biblical godly principles to all spheres of society so that the will of God may be done on earth. And that is why you and I need faith. That is why you and I need to encourage ourselves. That is why you and I need the peace of the Lord. Until Jesus returns, our mission remains and we have a job to do to manifest the will of God in our lives and in the world around us. We are going to end the service today by sharing in communion together. Please have your bread and your juice ready. Part two of this message today, focused on peace. Even in the most unsettling circumstances, you can have peace. You might not have everything you wanted, but you can have peace. In John 14 verse 27, we read that in his last supper with the disciples, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give it to you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus knew that his disciples were about to enter the most unsettled phase of their lives. And what does he offer them? Peace. Not as the world gives, which is based on the things around you, the things you have or don't have but an inner peace which stabilizes you, which settles you even during 
unsettling times. As we break bread today, you and I need to hear that from Jesus too. And as we pray and as we take together communion, hear his voice saying to you, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Receive his peace. Do not let your heart be troubled. Have faith. Do not harden your heart. Do not be afraid. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself in his word. Amen. Let us have communion together. Take your bread. Hold your bread. And let us pray together. Father, thank you for this bread, fruit of the ground, reminding us of the body of Jesus, broken for us. Lord Jesus, you took upon yourself our sicknesses, disease. You paid the price for us that today we could be whole, we could be one together, Lord. Thank you for blessing this bread as we partake it together today. Amen. Take and eat. Now hold your cup and let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the fruit of the vine, reminding us of your blood, poured forth so that our sins could be wiped out and we could be in good standing with God. Thank you for everything you've done to us and for us. And as we drink of this cup of blessing, Lord, I pray a blessing upon everyone that needs a special touch of your spirit today. Everyone that needs healing in their bodies. We speak against sickness and disease. We proclaim health and healing over you in Jesus' name. We pray peace. Those who are struggling, maybe relationships, maybe inner turmoil, I speak peace over you now in Jesus' name. Father, as we partake of this cup, Let your peace, health, healing, blessings flow and flood every life in Jesus' name. Amen. Take and drink of the cup of blessing. Amen. It's the Lord's table. It is His invitation. It's not a based on your merits or my merits, but on what He did for us. Amen? I pray that this morning has been encouraging to you. I encourage you to pursue peace. Let the peace of the Lord flood you, flood your being, flood your household, flood your sphere of influence. Amen? Let us close in prayer. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you did so much for us. We remember everything you did, Lord. And we remember that you will be coming back soon. And we will be ready, Lord God. Thank you that we can have faith. We can have peace. We can encourage ourselves in you. And we can be led by you. And so now I pray that the love of God the Father, 
the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit will remain with you, will remain with all of us until we see Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you. Enjoy your Sunday. Have a blessed week and we'll see you next week being broadcast from the church. God bless you.